Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do remember this uh, recording setup. We're in a recording setup that we did once before. Really? I don't yeah. remember this. I thought yeah. we'd both tried to uh, shimmy our way onto this small love seat, but so, we didn't? Uh, no, 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 we did not because I think we looked at <laughs> oh, them. Oh, do you like, remember no. that table? Yeah. Um, for those of you who are listening to this, we are in a destination that we'll talk about in a couple weeks during the Pramvel, but we're, it's a, we've already been it's here. It's a repeater. Uh, but the fun part about this is normally, as you all know, as you listen to our show every week, we record on the same couch, legs crossing each other, and we're just real close talking. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just right next to each other. Basically, could share one microphone, really. Uh, especially <laughs> why, in, why don't we? In the windmill, we could have. There's yeah, no absolutely. need for two, two microphones. Uh, but this one, we're on separate seating devices. Do you feel so far away from me? It feels weird, but I kind of like it. My legs aren't sweaty because I'm not touching your hot body. Yeah, and your feet aren't like in my face. Anyway, I just called your body hot. Oh, okay. But it's, te- it's real. Honestly, it's, like it's temperature. It's like temperature. Yeah, temperature for just style. Being just really truthfully honest. Yeah, it's temperature style. Bodies are hot. Bodies are cold. Um, Primvel this week, we wanted to give an update here on what uh, we just finished up, basically, because we're, we're kind of getting like really close we're to the updates. We're almost real time. But then we're going to take like a two-week break from Primvel updates for our upcoming enrollment, which you heard in that amazing ad read that amazing was ad totally read. well-scripted by someone who writes those things for a living. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not off the cuff at all. And so this is going to be our last Primvel for two weeks uh, or so. Right. Um, but this one was an interesting one because we spent time with my family. Yeah. In the town of Clare Castle, Ireland. Yes. And we had a couple days in Dublin. So let's first talk about that because we didn't talk about that yet on the show. On the Oh, the, yeah. let's do talk about that. Yeah. First thing I want to say, though, is we were so excited to come back to Ireland because yes. those of you who've been listening for many months now, Ireland was our second country of mm-hmm. our trip this year. We were here late February, early March. Yeah. St. Paddy's Day. We ended up Saint in Ireland Day. for St. Paddy's Day. Please go back and listen yeah. to that print bell. But... Um, it just turned out that your family wanted to meet us somewhere. Yeah, and I, I, I've been doing this. I'll give a little context very right. quickly. Um, I've been doing this daily blog for my family and our close friends and your family. And it's it's only for them. They're the only people who have the links to it. And I think like three or four months into it, they, my family basically said like, hey, we want to come meet you in Europe. And we were just surprised because Lord. we just didn't think that, that was going to really be That wasn't really on the map, yeah. Yeah. And so they start, I let them kind of just decide where they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so they basically brought up Ireland because my grandparents had never been. My mom and her husband had never Which been. Which your grandparents have been all over Europe. I know your mom my, has been all over my Europe My grandfather as well. was stationed in Rammstein, Germany in the Air Force. And so they went everywhere. Yeah. And your mom's days. been a bunch of places. And so it was just this perfect thing where it worked out where they... Nobody had been to Ireland. Yeah. And then, as you know, we've talked about it many times, but the Schengen Gen. Yeah. time limit means that you have to be out of the Schengen region. Ireland is out of that region. It yeah. just was very convenient for us. And we were happy to come back because we loved it so much. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to that in one second, but let's start with the beginning of the Ireland trip. So we flew back into Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had the from, latest where, flight. Where are we coming from? We were coming from Puglia, Italy, from the Correct. Bari airport. We had the latest flight of our year. 
That we, flight almost took me out. Yeah. Well, it was an hour delayed, first of all, which yeah. just everyone I think knew was going to happen in the airport. Like I saw no one worried whatsoever. Oh, no. It just was like, oh, we're, we're flying on Ryan's air. Yeah. It's going to be late. Yeah. Um, the air so, of Ryan has some The delays. air of Ryan. Ryan is the flight attendant. Ryan is the pilot. Ryan is the person who gets our bags. Everyone that works our ass be named Ryan. Uh, even the ladies uh, and even the people who have no gender identification one way or the other. They're just like, I'm Ryan. That's who I am. Anyway, we took this flight. It was super late. We got in at 1.30 in the morning. Yes. The flight itself, it felt like a long flight. Yes. Like, it was just like, oh, this flight is never going to end. We landed. We get our bags. It just doesn't take too long, mm-hmm. which is fine. We get a lovely Uber drive into the city. Oh, our it's, Uber driver really made that go by quickly. It's 2 a.m., so there's not a soul on the road. Yeah, and, and also just our driver was lovely. He was very, very kind. Yes. Um, we, we arrive at our Airbnb, and... Six hours from the time that we arrived, I had an appointment that I had to go to. Not a, not just an appointment, like an actual small surgical procedure. procedure. Yeah. Uh, so just to catch everybody up, if uh, we haven't been posting photos, Wait, are you just going to totally brush past and try not to throw me I'm under, not the bus? under the bus? <laughs> this is marriage. Because listen, I've learned in twelve years. Here's where some I here's you don't where tell. I was at. Yeah. I hope somebody can relate to this, but the moment. First of all, I was really hungry. I yeah. was just this so... This is 2.30 in the morning in Dublin at our hotel. Right. I was yeah. already, when we were about to land, so hungry. Well, that's because there were no Pringles left on the plane. There were no Pringles. We they, were row two and they ran out of Pringles They ran out of Pringles row one. by row one. It's Ryan's Air. Listen, everybody who works there eats Pringles. So anyway, I never we never really had dinner. We had like a late lunch to, before the flight, but we never really had dinner. So at this point, I haven't had dinner. I'm just really hungry. And when I get hungry, I get mean. No, I wouldn't say that. No one would describe <laughs> like, that. It just, nope. the hunger takes over my entire personality some might call it hanger and so I just from the second we touched down I was like Jason I'm gonna need food and I don't know what it is and you kept like listen we in a walked, perfectly lovely we walked through an airport with pleasant. a bunch of food places open I it know. would have been so easy just to literally grab a thing okay but what you didn't know at that point was that I had already decided what that food was gonna be in my head which was and it was fried chicken <laughs> fingers okay I already was like you know this is miserable you know it'd make it better chicken fingers yeah and so those of you out there, once you get chicken fingers into your head, like yeah. I don't know that you can get them out. Like it's yeah. just what you want. Mm-hmm. And so Jason, poor sweet Bean, Jason is just <laughs> being like a lovely husband. And is like, all he's hearing from me is I'm hungry. And he's like, let's stop at this cafe on the way out of the There's airport. There's literally and I'm like, seven oh, restaurants so in I can get a freaking parfait. I'm not going to get a parfait. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to get a, a, a fruit cup of cantaloupe and honeydew. Okay. I'm not going to get a bag of chips. I want chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay? And that's, that's, that's basically what I wanted. how it felt. <laughs> and, so, and so we get in the Uber yeah. and I'm like, I got to get these chicken fingers. We go, we check into the hotel at two o'clock in the morning, Two thirty. Two thirty in the morning. Jason's like, we get into the hotel. Jason's like, okay, I have to go to sleep because I have an actual surgical procedure in the morning. I'm sitting on the floor. There's like a little, su- we have like a suite. So there's like a little like dinette area. I'm sitting on the floor, like hovered over my phone, yeah. trying to bring up Uber Eats, looking for anywhere that can deliver chicken fingers to me at yeah. two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. My Uber, I do find a place, but then my Uber app freezes. The Uber Eats app, yeah. Okay. It never says like, oh, it's on the way yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. 
And then, so then my guy's outside and he calls me. Yeah. I'm like, please wait. I mean, luckily he spoke English. So that like, made it easy. I'm coming. Because we could have been in Croatia. I we know. could have been in France. We could have been in Italy. I know. And you, it would just be like, well, yeah, hold on. I just want to come get these chicken tenders. And guess what? Call them Long chicken story fingers. short, I did get chicken tenders. Yeah. I went to, I forced myself to go to sleep because I had to get up in the morning. So uh, to get everybody caught up on why I had to get a face procedure done and get a whole new face, yes. I want to take his face off name that movie um <laughs> uh, it's gonna be hard to name the movie mm-hmm. i no clues. i had this uh growth pop up on my face basically two and a half years ago but it yeah. was very very small for like the first year and a half we thought it was a mole and i do have a couple moles on my face You're so we're, guy. It's fine. we were supposed to go to the dermatologist in december before going on this year of adventure correct but omicron had other plans we're like we're not about to like get covid and not be able to start this trip with like a whole bunch of things like it we're felt just too gonna risky. skip that and Listen, the growth was still, it wasn't, it's not big. It's not really that noticeable. And we're just like, you know, we'll wait it out. It'll be fine. It'll be all right, whatever. So you saw something on a show. I just happened to stumble across an article from, this is embarrassing, today, <laughs> like the Today Show, like today.com And do you spend a lot of time on today.com? I don't. It's an, like on my Google page, I have some articles that pop right, up. Right. And since I'm not on social media, sometimes I like that because I'm like, what's going on in the right. world, you know? But this one just so happened to pop up, and it was this guy who discovered that he had skin cancer on his face in the exact place that you have yours. And looked like mine. And it looked exactly like yours. It was very small, and he just went to the dermatologist, and the dermatologist didn't even recognize it. It just so happened that the the doctor was leaving the room, and he goes, oh, hey, doc, one more thing. Can you look at this before you leave? And of course, today.com was like, it's the one more thing, blah, blah. And it turned out that it was skin cancer. And so I see this, and I'm like... Hey, babe, I'm under the impression at this point it's a mole. I don't know much about skin cancer. I go and show you, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I thought it might be skin cancer. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, you should have mentioned that to someone. Well, no, because you're a worrier, and there's no way I'm going to mention that to you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's not harp on this for too long because I want to talk about some of the family adventure. So we tried to find a place, a dermatologist in the UK. We tried to find one in Scotland. We tried to find one in Portugal. It is hard to make these appointments when you're constantly moving. It's also hard to make an appointment with a dermatologist in general. They're usually booked out quite a ways. So I booked this appointment, which happened in September, in July. Exactly. So it it was months in advance that this was booked. I found a place. I literally called them. I emailed back and forth. And I have to give this uh, clinic a lot of credit because I'm not a patient of theirs. Mm -hmm. I'm not referred by a doctor. I'm a person who's not going to be in town for very long. And they were willing to A, see me and do a consult because everyone had to do a consult first and then also do the procedure, procedure the same day if it needed. It definitely needed to happen. So anyway... You have your chicken tender fingers. Uh, I go to sleep. I get up like five hours later. I have a little bit of coffee, and then I make my way over to this clinic. I have the procedure done. She says, absolutely, basal cell carcinoma, um, has seen this many times, knows exactly how to get rid of it. She does the procedure. I get two layers of stitches, and then I'm like, that's our time in Dublin, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but the good news is a fairly painless, I mean, it was a very painful, but fairly painless overall procedure. Mm-hmm. By the next day, I had no pain in my face whatsoever. I am really proud of you, though, because if you recall, our coaching session was yeah. two days later. Yeah. And No, it was the next day. It was the next day. Yeah. That's right. And and you... <laughs> the one thing she said not to do. Yeah. 
don't talk a lot. She was like, don't probably talk to like large crowds of people yeah. or like anything that requires moving your face a lot, talking for long periods of time. Like, oh. Meanwhile, we have like a three hour coaching session yeah. two days later. These are our monthly coaching sessions. They're you can get these within Wandering Inflate at wanderingainflate.com slash join. We do them every single month. It's a good one topic to focus on in your business. There's also a roadmap that it does all 36 of them you can go through. Okay, go ahead. They're not always three hours, but we tend to, we just like to make those really high value. So, yeah. I mean, you're talking for at least two hours, if not three. Yeah. And we were only in the history of almost 36 coaching sessions now have we postponed, I think, one other time. One other time. But I was proud of you because you said, this is probably a time new, we need to postpone. I have this new face. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. We did all this work to get this new face in mind. Exactly. I don't want to mess it up. So anyway, uh, we, we postponed the uh, coaching session and then just kind of like go about life. We spend time in Dublin. We have a couple days. We get some work done. We're at the Zanzibar Lock Hotel, which we talked about before. It's our favorite little hotel in Dublin. Not that we've stayed in a bunch of other ones, but we just love it. We keep going back to that it. That one's ours. Uh, found a couple of new little coffee shops. Then we meet up with my family. Yes. Uh, at the Holiday Inn Dublin Airport Hotel. You know it. Because it's actually where our rental car company drops off the rental cars. But it was really fun. We got to see my mom. We got to see her husband. We did not get to see my grandparents. I Unfortunately, know. my grandmother got sick two days before and had to go to the ER. Not Thankfully, COVID related. Not COVID related. Thankfully, she is not in the ER. Didn't have to spend a lot of time in the ER, but just couldn't make it. So yeah. that was kind of a bummer. And really, they went back and forth on if my mom was going to come and if we were even going to go to the place. Um, but my mom and her husband ended up coming over. We spend a week in Clare Castle. We had this amazing house that was a renovated army barracks for the castle. It was unbelievable. It's this renovated castle that was completely like derelict and they totally took it from just ruins basically yeah. to this rental. I think there's like five or six rentals in there. Yeah. And it was just incredible. And so I definitely felt very grateful to have that place. Yeah, it was just such a unique place. I'll drop a link to the place. It's actually, I mean, really, if you're doing like a big family gathering. It's made for a bigger family yeah. than four people. Four people is way too big. We all had our own floor. <laughs> yes. It just felt so extravagant. With six people, it would have been much more appropriate. Yeah. But I'll leave a link to it in the show notes because... A, it's a beautiful place. B, the people that run it are amazingly kind and wonderful. Marion and Jer, her husband, we had so many little interactions with them and run-ins with them, and that was truly one of the highlights of the trip. Definitely. And it's really centrally located, so yeah. it's this tiny town, um, but you are basically within an hour from two of the big things that we did, which were we went to the Cliffs of Mower one yep. day, um, which was beautiful and just kind of like a bucket list Ireland item, I feel like. Yep. And the other one was we just took a day trip to Galway. Yeah. And so it, it was w within an hour drive of each of those places. So for me personally, who doesn't like to be in the car, it was perfect yeah. and not a long drive. Yeah. I do want to mention the Cliffs of Mower. If those of you who are listening, have you ever heard people talk about this? They visit Ireland. It attracts 2 million people a year. This is a thing to do in Ireland. If you are coming to Ireland, this is just my personal opinion. Totally. We have now seen three sets of cliffs. We are currently actually sitting very close to a set, one of those three sets. I would skip the cliffs of Mower and I would just find other cliffs that you can go to. I hear that. My personal opinion is that these are too like manufactured now. Like it feels too much like a Disneyland attraction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like you're in like raw Ireland nature. Like, I get that. On the Wild Atlantic Way, which runs basically the whole like left and bottom coast of Ireland, you can find so many cliffs and they're just all unbelievably gorgeous. The cliffs of Moher, they're fine. They're great for what they are. I'm glad they attract a lot of people to Ireland so other people people can see all the different beautiful things that you can see. But just I just want to share that because I, that. I would give the honest reviews here. I totally hear that. It is still extremely podcast. beautiful. Oh, for sure, no doubt. Very, but I think you're right because it attracts so many people. And by the way, 
so they have paths and they have walls, so you can't really fall off. I mean, there are places where it's yeah. less walled. Yeah. But yeah, you're not you're not enveloped in nature the same way that you might be if you went to like say Old Head, which we went to Kinsale. down by Kinsale. Yeah. Or even here in. You gave it away. <laughs> We're back in Ballybunion. Great job. In Ballybunion, the tiny beach town that we've now returned to. Oh, sorry, I ruined it. We're back in Ballybunion. But even you ruined it. I'm usually the one who ruins things. I know, but it was we. And <laughs> even in Ballybunion. Yeah, we wanted those chicken tenders. We wanted the chicken tenders. Even in Ballybunion here, where we are right this very moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, there's a cliff walk by yes. here. And, and the way that you feel enveloped by nature and completely wild, you're right, is not the same as going to a, a, cl- a cliff attraction, let's yeah. say. So, yeah. yeah, that's a I mean, that's a fair thing to yeah. say. Yeah, so uh, my mom and her husband went to various pubs. They saw a couple castles themselves. They did a little bit of shopping. And overall, it was just a good trip. A lot of laughs were had, a lot mm. of good quality time. We plugged in my laptop. We watched NFL Red Zone on Sunday night starting oh, yeah. at 6 p.m. and got a good, like, two hours of football before they went to sleep. They love football. But my mom loved that, uh, American football. Uh, and, yeah, it was just a good trip. And, and I think the, the last thing to share about the family trip is just that it's so this year itself of travel we're very fortunate we're so grateful it's an amazing year to do but it's exhausting it's so difficult it takes so much energy every single week in a new place in a new environment add on top of it then like the family dynamics boy we were exhausted afterwards and we're still honestly tired but in like that that type of tired where you're so happy that you did it and you're yeah. grateful, but it's just like it really takes it out of you. And as you all know, listening to this, like we would never like dare to complain about anything this year. It's just yeah. more of like uh, in the same breath, we know how lucky we are and we know how grateful we are. But also, it does nobody a service by not being honest about yeah. how tiring it is at times. Yeah, yeah I was just uh, texting with a friend before we started recording this, and, and they're currently traveling a little bit for like a month. Like, I cannot wait to get back to my routines. I'm like, you can't wait to get back to it. We haven't had routines in forever. What's a routine? Yeah, it's a thing that people do. (laughs) It's apparently really awesome. Uh, Parents out there are like, yeah, I know I get it. Okay, I get it. All right. So that's our Pram Belt. That was the time we spent with family. It was a great trip. I wish my grandparents could have been there. But luckily, I did have that daily blog where I got to keep them up to date. Lots of photos. I I basically, like, described where they were in the back of all the photos that we took. Grandma and Grandpa were swimming in a river. Uh, They were climbing around on the cliffs behind us. It was a fun way to to kind of keep them into it, and they really appreciated it. So, And we'll see them soon enough. As you'll hear, Mm. uh, we get into some travels uh, upcoming here pretty soon. Oh, also... when we come back to the Pram Bell, we're not going to necessarily talk about this. We have one new country that we're going to. Yeah. That's it. From now to the end of the year, one, one new, new country. country. That's wild. I know. That's wild. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this episode, talking about pivoting. Uh, we can all do our Ross pivot. Pivot. Yeah, we can do that uh, for the friends, uh, fans out there. So we want to talk about this because it's come up. We uh, Currently this week, we're doing a Q&A session with our Waymers, and this was a very common question. This is something that I do a lot of one-on-one chats with our Wandering Inflate members within our Slack channel. This comes up all the time. And I think this is something where we actually saw a big opportunity for Wandering Inflate, and we were trying to figure out what our positioning was. This is a big thing for us that we did too, which was exactly. we had to pivot out of working with clients into working on digital products or for me working into software stuff, building into a membership. Like there are always times when you're going to need to pivot in your business as you change and as your business changes. Yeah. And And there's a lot that goes into it. Totally. And just to define it a little bit, I think this is a really natural thing that occurs, especially with people who are solopreneurs or building businesses 
that are supporting their lives because you're always evolving and changing as a person. And so your desires change, your life circumstances change. And so sometimes you need to make kind of a more drastic shift, whether it's leaving client work to do just more digital product stuff because it's more scalable, or maybe it's pivoting your audience. So we had a Waymer who, you know, had more of an info product business and is now trying to do more handmade, like tangible goods that feels like, you know, the audience doesn't exactly apply anymore. So you're pivoting your audience or, you know, maybe you were doing coaching for small business owners, but now you want to do more corporate coaching, like whatever that big shift is in your business, that's going to maybe require a tweak to your audience, a tweak to your content, a tweak to how you spend your time. That's what we're referring to here when we say pivot. So a a big change in your business. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that I love that you wrote down in our notes is that pivoting is like JCBD. That's Jean-Claude Van Damme for all of you who are not initiated into the wonder that is JCBD. Doing the splits between two moving buses. Because that's what now, I Now, first of all, we just need to acknowledge the fact that you brought up one of the greatest references of all time. <laughs> uh, this is a commercial that I believe he did for Volvo semi-trucks, not buses. Wait, that was it was just the commercial? It was a commercial. It but, was not and in And then he movie. did it in movies? He's never done the splits between two moving oh, vehicles in a movie. It's I don't only believe in a commercial. that. Uh, as the watcher of all the JCVD movies? You think so? Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Also, I think there is a website that catalogs how many times he does the splits in movies and then also like has screen grabs of him doing them, which is amazing to Wait, me. You just said if there's a, a website that catalogs every time he does the splits in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying between two buses. Oh, okay. That's spe- I'm getting specific. Are you, are you saying that I was saying he has not done the splits in movies? I just was confused about what splits we were talking okay, about. Okay, yeah. We just need to get clarity on the JCVD splits we're talking about. Anyway, pivoting is, is that because uh, you can be a client service business but you want to move to products. So you've got one leg on one bus or truck that's your clients. You've got one leg or bu- or uh, on a bus or a truck that's your products that you're getting into. Oh my God, it was a commercial. That's what I told you. No, I know. you were. I should have trusted you. you wow. Sh- you should 100% trust me in JCVD knowledge. Okay, let's keep going. Congratulations, Volvo. Like what a memorable... Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess not because I couldn't remember that it was for a commercial. That's true. But anyway, that's what I... I wasn't listening to you because I was looking this up. I know you weren't. <laughs> So. Yeah, I was trying to carry this train forward because in a podcast, this. you can't just both stop talking and then just you just get to think for like 12 seconds. You could. Oh, really? Yeah. Normalize, People want to listen hey, guess to that? what? Normalize thinking in podcasts. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's real dumb. It's not fun. Okay, listen. The reason I wrote this down, A, because I'm your wife and I knew that you would love that Thank I, you. of my own volition, yeah. said a JCVD reference, but also... Because that's what I picture in my brain, and I don't know what other kind of analogy. This, to me, is what not just a pivot feels like. This is what the dilemma of a pivot feels like. Because you kind of feel like you have one foot in both worlds. Yeah. And I think this is what people really struggle with. They don't know how how to finally take that other leg off and get to the other truck, right? So they're on, you know, maybe you're, whatever you're doing now is, let's call it point A. Let's just go clients and digital products. Sure. Because I think that's just the most relatable. You're in clients, services. You want to be doing 100% digital products because like we said, it's more scalable for your time. You're not constantly answering emails from clients wanting things. And you're not limited by your own time resources, right? That's a very natural pivot to want to make, but you are going to feel torn between two worlds yeah. and how you're probably wondering how, and at what point do I finally get that, that leg off the other truck and finally I can be on just the one Volvo 
forging ahead with my business. And so yeah. that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Um, you know, it's something we've done personally and it's something that Waymers are doing all the time. And so we want to give you a little bit of advice just to kind of encourage you to make that pivot in the way that we like to think about it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the big thing we want to hit on here just multiple times is the fact that you're not going to pivot right away. And I think right. that's the, the bill of goods that gets sold through the online business space. It's like, you can change your business in 30 days or overnight or whatever. And it's like, I mean, you could for sure. You could get a sales page up. You could build the product. You could have all your marketing. You could do all this stuff. But it doesn't mean that you're going to have an audience that's going to want to buy that thing from you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people get really disillusioned and they go, okay, I'm doing client services now. I've spent a month building up a digital product business, which means I have a, a course and I have a sales page and I have some marketing stuff and I open it up for sale and no one buys. And they're like, oh, well, I can't sell digital products. I'm going to have to stay with clients forever. And the reason that that doesn't work is because you have to build up the audience. You have to build exactly. up the marketing engine. You have to build up the content to build that business to be able to sustain itself moving forward. And I think one of the huge things we want to leave you with throughout this episode is that a pivot takes a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, not to put like a hard and fast time frame on it, but I think a, a realistic time frame is anywhere from maybe six months at the absolute least yeah. to a year. And I think so, it really depends on your runway. Like if you're someone sure. who like every month you're waiting for your clients to pay you and that's how you pay your bills, which no shame whatsoever in that game. We have all been there. It's going to take you longer to right? build up your digital because product business. Because the thing I really want to talk about, and I didn't write in the notes that we should talk about more, is this element of risk. Yeah. And that's what you're really describing when you're saying you don't want to jump from one truck to the other truck because there's inherent risk involved there. The thing about a pivot is you probably, wherever you are right now, if you're in the, the client world or whatever, you have something going, you have something that's bringing you money, but you know that it's unsustainable for the long haul. And yeah. so you want to pivot to the next thing. But it's risky to just dive headfirst into that other thing when the thing that brings you money is point A right now. Absolutely. And so you have to be smart and strategic as a business owner to go, how can I use the leverage of point A to mitigate my risk of moving to point B. And the way that you do that is through a more gradual approach yeah. where you're still getting revenue from your clients, but maybe you, you take on one less client at a time and you allow that time to now seed into building an audience so that when you shift to digital products, you have someone to sell to. Yeah. We, this is a very shameless plug. We built a six month program called build without burnout. It's within wandering Aimfully. It was our cornerstone product for Wayne before we built our unboring business roadmap which is a little bit more in depth on all this, but Build Without Burnout essentially takes this exact problem, pivoting from client services to digital products, it stretches it out over a 26 lesson, 26 week period, and it makes you slow down and go, okay, I'm gonna work on this step-by-step -step each week, and I only have three to five hours a week to work on it. Like I cannot work 40 hours on this per week because I just don't have that time. And by the end of that, and this is the thing where I think we're just so honest and different than most people in this space, you're not going to have a $10,000 a month digital product business. You might have a $500 a month digital product business. Exactly. You might only make your first $1,500, and then you have nothing in sight that tells you that you're going to make that again the next month. And I don't mean that to discourage you. I mean that to be the reality. And in a weird way, to encourage you by saying... At the end of that, if you have any money coming in from point B at all, 
now that is, you know, money that you no longer rely on point A to yeah. give you that in your revenue. That's how you make the shift. You're, I want you to think about it like siphoning off money. You know, it's like, okay, we're in the trucks. We've got one foot here and one foot there. Not until that second truck is sort of supplementing your, your revenue enough that you can no longer rely on the first truck, the, yeah. the revenue coming from that. That's when you can kind of shift your weight to that other leg and finally step off. I don't need clients anymore because now I trust that I've seeded the momentum of that second point B that where I'm trying to go. And now I trust that I'll have the revenue coming in. Yeah, It's this subtle shift. It's this subtle and gradual and very methodical from like a financial perspective way of going about it. Yep. That going back to what I said before, it mitigates your risk. I just think so many people get this idea in their head from a bunch of other people who are promoting this idea that you can pivot quickly. And I think about like when I left the nine to five world to start my own business, it took two and a half years to make that pivot. Two and a half years. And you could argue I had the most financial freedom at that time. I had the most flexibility, but I didn't have the trust in myself. I didn't have the like business actually built to do it. And I didn't feel confident that it would actually work out. And I think that instead of looking at that as like, oh, that's a bummer. It's going to take two and a half years. Look at it as like, well, at least in two and a half years, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be where I want to be. And exactly. I, I think for a lot of people listening to this, my guess is many of you who have wanted to make a pivot or who have tried to make a pivot, you've actually already spent a year or at least six months trying to do this, but you haven't gotten anywhere. And, and that's really for one big reason, which is time prioritization. Exactly. So that's what I wanted to shift over to as well, because we're talking about time from the perspective of giving yourself six months to a year to make the pivot. But what we're not also saying is that in that time frame, six months to a year, you have to really be committed to carving out the time to work towards this pivot. Yeah. It's not just going to magically appear. And I think it's like twofold. I think it's accepting that it's going to take longer. And it's also accepting that it's going to be harder. Yeah. Like that's what I think people don't realize. Yeah, it's, because easy, what, it's easy to keep getting clients. I mean, easy, but it's like, it's easier to keep getting clients. You've done that. You know what that takes. Totally. But I think psychologically, this is why a lot of people don't make the pivot is because psychologically, one of the reasons that they're trying to get off whatever point A they're on what clients is because they're stretched thin they, you know, the, the hours are not working out for them. They want more time, freedom, all of those things. Right. So if you're already stretched thin, having to then swallow this pill that you're going to go into this phase of your business to make a pivot, that's actually going to a little bit be harder for a while. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow. But if you're willing to just accept that, that's when you can actually get to the other side. Like you kind of have to have a little bit of this mentality of like, it's going to be a little bit harder before it gets easier. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people need to hear because the reason that they're not making the time prioritization, the reason that they're not carving out that time every week from their clients to protect that time and to really say, I'm going to work on this pivot is because they want it to be easier already. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them for that at all, but it's just like, it's a shift of mindset going, okay, you know what? It's actually going to feel a little bit more fraught for just a, a little bit. Yep. And I, and why am I doing that? I'm doing it so that I can have that time freedom on the other side. I'm not going to wait for it to show up. I'm going to create it. Cause it's not going to show up. That's because the thing. It won't show no up. matter how long you wait and you're trying to make a pivot, it, the opportunity is not just going to present itself on your lap and go, here it is ready for you to like switch over and you're done. 
And I think one of the things that I hear the most from especially our Wandering Aimfully members that I chat with every single week is they don't know how to carve out the time between all their client work. So they're looking at their schedule and they're like, well, my clients take up, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week of work. When am I going to slot this in? Like, I don't want to work on the weekends. I'm not trying to sacrifice my mental health. And the truth is you have to carve out the time. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I talk about the most often are two kind of practical, tactical ways that you can do it. One is you have a, a, a pivot work day. So yep. it's like, I'm going to pivot to digital products. Friday is my day. I'm only going to do that. And what that means is you let your clients know I'm not available on Fridays. And then in your schedule, you may have to work one or two more hours every day throughout the week besides Friday to get ahead on your client work. Right. So that's one. The second is... Or, or you may have to, I don't know, raise your prices for one of your projects so that you can take on one less client. So now you're only doing client work four days out of... Like that's a math True. problem that, that you have to figure out for your own business. But there are options, right? There yeah. are levers that you can pull in order to carve out that time. So yeah. I just want to throw that out there. The other practical tactile way that I, I tend to tell folks to do this, and it really depends on how you work. Like if you're the type of person that like, I am not good at switching tasks, which I think this is where you would fall into it, would be like, you need the Friday. Because yeah. switching between client and product work in a day-to-day -day basis is not for you. For folks like me who have a brain that allows them to switch between tasks, which is very nice, is I would, I would set this up where I work one hour every single day mm -hmm. or one and a half hours every single day on my pivot work. And that's like the first thing I do every day because mm -hmm. it needs the most energy. It needs, and like, I know I can do the client work. I've been doing that for a long time. Even if I just got started, like I, I know what I need to do with the clients. And truthfully, if we're going to be honest, like I'm not going to give the clients my A plus work all the time anyway. Mm -hmm. So they can get my B work, but my pivot work for my future business and my future self gets my first uh, hour and a half of the day, A plus effort. And then at the end of that, hopefully by the end of that hour and a half every day, or by the end of your Friday every week, you're going oh, I'm so excited for this. Mm -hmm. You know, like I see the potential of what this business can be and I can't wait to work on it again tomorrow or next week or whatever that looks like. And if that's the mindset that you have, then you're on the right path. That pivot is right for you. But if you're just kind of like slogging through it every day or every week, then it might not be the right pivot for you either. And I think that's also why time doesn't get prioritized is because people think the grass is greener right. in the digital product world, but they don't realize that like it's still work. Like it's exactly. still a lot like, of writing. It's still a lot of marketing. It's still a lot of selling. It's still a lot of talking right. to customers. You're thinking that the revenue stream or the new pivot is going to solve the problems of your existing thing, which may or may not be true. And instead you may just need to go, these are a couple of things that aren't working in the way that I'm doing my client service. Could I try to, within the realm of client service, tweak some of that and the way that I do business so that I don't have to shift my whole thing. That's just a, a kind of self-awareness thing that you have to ask yourself. The other thing I wanted to say to your point about whether it's a full Friday that you're carving out that time, whether it's one hour a day that you're carving out that time, again, going back to the main point being that time will not show up. You have to prioritize it. You have to commit to carving it out yeah. and you have to draw that boundary so that if you do get a client email on the Friday and you've already set that aside and you've let them know that you don't do emails, that takes some self-discipline to go, I'm not going to reply to the email, even though I want to, yeah. because your brain is going to tell you that you got to reply to the client because that's where your money's coming from right now. Yeah. But I, I implore you to try to reframe that in your mind that protecting that boundary is also an investment in a future revenue stream. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
kind of catch your brain when it wants you to immediately prioritize the thing that's bringing you money right now because it's always going to steal time from the thing that could be bringing you money in an easier life later. Yeah. But the point I was making, which I took many tangents to get there, is I also would highly recommend making sure that in that one hour or that one Friday, you know exactly what you're going to be doing during that time. So this means really making a commitment to whether it's sitting down for 30 minutes every Monday morning or whatever it is and setting like a little theme for yourself or setting, you know, what what exact task, just give yourself one task for each of those days or one big task for the week. So that every time you sit down to work on this pivot, you're not going, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Am I doing content? Am I doing audience building? Am I working on the product itself? Like do yourself the hard favor of spending that 30 minutes to make those hard decisions for yourself and so that you can just execute in the time that you is so scarce. And again, shameless plug, this is what Build Without Burnout was meant to do. So like every single week you got a task, you get that task done and by the end of it, you have a digital product business. Again, there's no guarantee of the amount of money that you can make or that it's the actual product you want to keep going with, but it does help you create this. It removes this uh, idea of, I don't know what to work on. It's like, no, it tells you exactly what to work on. Yeah. Another shameless plug inside Wham Unlimited. We also have the Notion starter pack, which has been a game changer for me because Notion is the um, app that I use to basically organize everything with the business and everything is separated into project areas. So you can have a project for your clients, but then you can have a project for this pivot. And by defining the tasks associated with the project, you're assigning dates for those things to be completed. You're assigning goals for that project. So now it's just popping up in your database. And so when you sit down on a Tuesday and you only have one hour to work on, you know, whatever this pivot related project is, your notion kind of task list is telling you exactly what to work on. Nice. I'm so glad you bought Wham and then you got that notion started back in there. Um, When you were talking earlier, I had a thought that I uh, wanted to share and just kind of chat about and maybe that's where we wrap things up. But the idea of a business pivot is just choosing a different set of problems to solve. Exactly. And I think the the thing that people think a lot about a pivot is this is going to be easier. And it's actually not going to be easier. It's just a different set of problems to solve. So like, here's a perfect example for us. When you ran Made Vibrant and I ran Jason Does Stuff, we had our own set of problems to solve. Mm -hmm. We had customers to deal with. We had an email audience to take care of. We were creating content for social. We were building products and we were selling them. Mm -hmm. And those were our problems we were solving. When we combined to Wandering Aimfully, we'll skip over the entire building of Wandering Aimfully, but the business problems to solve were, okay, now we have to make a monthly coaching session. Mm -hmm. Now we have to take care of a bunch of recurring payments and the failed payments come with that. Now we have to collaborate. (laughs) Yeah, now we have to collaborate. But like the business problems that we solve with Wandering Aimfully are extremely different than when we had our own individual businesses. Right. And they are problems that have to be solved. And they're not, running Wandering Aimfully is not any easier than our previous two businesses. The only difference is that now we prefer the problems that we have to solve. Exactly. And we talked about this in the grass is greener episode, which I don't remember what number it is, but you can go back and quickly find it through our things of pivoting to what we've done in a membership model, but thinking that if you're running a digital product business that like, oh, well, if I'm in a product business, a membership's going to be easier because recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. And then people who have recurring revenue are like, oh, I'm like, it's a lot of work. I'm going to go back to digital products and just do like bigger launches. Neither is easier. It's just a different set of problems to solve. Yep. And so I think when you can realize that if you're working with clients right now, you know your problems. Oh, my clients text me or email me late at night on a Friday and it bums me out. Oh, my clients don't get back to me. Oh, I have to do more revisions I want. Oh, I have to go and find new clients and I find that process really awful and I really hate it. Those are all problems. 
when you start a digital product business, it's a whole new set of problems and there's still problems. Yep. It's just about understanding, do I like this set of problems less yep. than I like the other set? And I think that's really all business boils down to. Yes. Is trying to find the least amount of stress-inducing problems to solve and then being okay with the fact that those are the problems you're going to solve for the next X amount of years of your life until you want to pivot again, until you want to try something else. And, and that's just a part of this whole game that we all play in online business. I love that, babe. That's a good place to end. Wow. I thought that was a really good point. That's nice. You have stuff on your feet, and it's bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been walking around this house in Bally Bunyan where you told everybody where we were. Jeez, now everyone knows our secrets. By the time this comes out, we're leaving, so it doesn't matter. No that's one can true. find us. Um, yeah, that's our episode on pivoting. We hope it was helpful. Uh, we hope that it may have given you some food for thought. If you're a current pivoter, I would actually love to hear from you. I check our email, hello at wanderingamefully.com. I know many of you are cooking, walking, biking, running, laundrying, sleeping, doing whatever you're doing, and you might not want to send someone an email, but I'd love to hear from you if you're on the cusp of a pivot. And, and where are you pivoting from and where are you trying to pivot to? And did this episode give you any... Aha moments. Or just any thought of like, yeah, you know what? I have been thinking this pivot had to go faster and I was putting all this pressure on myself, but now I maybe feel like a little sense of ease that it can just take a little bit longer. And I'm actually kind of excited about the new problems to solve with that. And like feeling motivated that, okay, it I might have to buckle down for the next six months, but man, is it going to be worth it on the other side? Could be six months, could be a year, could be two years, could be five years, but you'll like get you said, there. it'll be worth it on the other side.